All right, welcome back to Break Time. I'm your host, Corey, and I am so elated because I have a, a guest that came through last season. Her name is Holly Noon. She's the CEO of HR Connection. Um, she's going to talk about some stuff here today that I find to be very relevant and very important. So we're going to bring her back in, all right? So give me one second. Let me bring Holly back in. All right, Holly, are you with me? Yes, I am, Corey. Welcome <laughs> back to the break room, Holly. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Right. Oh, well, it's awesome to have you. I mean, so much has changed since the last time you were on the show. I know. It's been a minute. But yes, a lot has happened. A, book, a couple books, okay. I think, since okay. I was last on. <laughs> Let's talk New about website. that really quick. We got, so we, okay, so... First and foremost, for those of you all that don't know Holly, um, for some most of you guys do, but for those that don't know who Holly Noon is, again, she's the CEO of HR Connection. I want to have her just talk about HR Connection really briefly because I want to get to these books. So, Holly, can you just like just give us a little, a little, a little snippet of who you are, because I think the rest of it's going to speak for itself. <laughs> so I'm Holly Noon. I'm the owner of HR Connection. So what my business is. I basically help individuals with career coaching, resumes, LinkedIn, interview prep, and then I help organizations like small businesses, um, all the way up to you know uh, governmental entities, um, put together events, whether that's a virtual job fair, a training for diversity and inclusion. Um, that's what my business does. I'm kind of like I'm an HR consultant uh, in that capacity. So career. Career coach, HR consultant. <laughs> nice, nice. So I see that you have an event coming up. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Yes. Yes. So tomorrow, February 17th, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., um, I'm partnering with the Broward County Library to host a virtual job fair. And we're going to have employers such as Liberty Mutual, United States Postal Service, Public, Bright Star Credit Union, and a couple uh, recruiting staffing agent agencies, and there's going to be 400 plus job openings available amongst the employers that are going to be on, and it's virtual. So all you have to do is just go to my Instagram profile, my LinkedIn, uh, my Facebook page, which is at HR Connection, or even just search Holly Noon, and you'll see I have the link and multiple posts about it where you can find the link to register. Well, all right, folks, you're live. I'm going to echo that same message. Tomorrow is the day. I mean, I know the unemployment rate is crazy. Um, I, I also I've seen unheard stories of people like saying, "Well, you know, I'm a, the, all these jobs have all these openings, and I've applied, and it's been months since they heard from me, or they're denying me so quickly." But they're so slow to hire. This one job has been. Um, I heard someone tell me that the state of Florida had this position that's been open since last February. There's no closing date. So they're trying to figure out the, what's, what is the, the, the procedure behind this. So can you give us some insight as to why jobs might be really hesitant on pulling the trigger on the applicant, but at the same time still searching for help? It, it, it is a, a little bit misleading, Holly. No, absolutely. So that, can you call it be a couple factors, but the main factor is it just comes down to um, sometimes HR doesn't always update their job postings out on the web <laughs> um, very accurately. 
Um, sometimes they hire, they have the intention to hire somebody, but maybe budgets and other um, management decisions kind of delay those decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say with the current pandemic, because of the transition from going, say, to an in-office environment to virtual, I mean, a lot of a lot of employees have had to adapt to working, you know, differently. And I think that the, making those adaptations in the work environment have caused delays even in the hiring process as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then also I think you, you have the intention to to hire people and you have a budget and then <laughs> it's like, yeah. wait, this position will be in person, but and we want it to be in person and they're not ready to, maybe they're not equipped or able to, to monitor someone remotely, which is kind of shocking in 2021. But it, it, across the market, there are delays in the hiring process Typically, might say take a month, like thirty to sixty days. Okay. Now taking up, yeah, up, you know, upwards into ninety days, one hundred twenty days. So you know, right. almost double the time right. to go through the process I mean, of getting lot, hired. In some it's cases, a lot, a lot to take in mentally, um, especially it if, is. if you lost your job and you know you're mm. used to the quick turnaround time. I mean, what's what's some suggestions yeah. you could give somebody in the interim while they're waiting to hire? Yeah. What can they be doing? Absolutely. So I would definitely suggest updating your LinkedIn profile and networking and connecting on LinkedIn. Um, don't ever sleep on LinkedIn. That, I mean, there's a ton of human resource professionals on there that are in charge of hiring. Um, and so make sure your profile is, it stands out like your resume and connect with people and ask, do they have open positions? I mean, I, a good example is college graduates who are looking for jobs and literally just saying, looking for a marketing job, put their resume out on LinkedIn, and then have thousands of comments underneath. Hey, can you help this person? Hey, you know, hey, send your resume here. So just kind of think, I think I would just say get smarter, okay. you know, and thinking, yes, think outside the box with how you're, yeah, and be more direct. You know what I mean? I think before sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to apply. And then just, oh, I'll just wait till I get that denial email or the thanks for applying email. Mm. It's kind of like, no, if you see that, the thing is they'll post on different platforms. So certain platforms you can see who the hiring person is and maybe on Indeed you can't. But yeah, find people like, hey, I put my application in for this position. Can you give me a status update? Mm. You know, that's something I would do is just get more creative, be more direct. Um, and really kind of follow up on your application because sometimes with just the amount of application, right. they might not even, it might not even get scanned um, by the, the system, right. get picked up. But if you ask somebody, they might pull your resume out and be like, be oh, okay. Assertive. Yeah, be more assertive. And yes. Pro, uh, Correct. And because it is your career. It is your life. You can't just sit back right. and let someone make a decision on your behalf in your absence. So it's so you so I, mm-hmm. I see that now the working world now is requiring applicants to be a little bit more, more visible. Yeah, be a little bit more louder. Not don't don't be obnoxious and be annoying, but right. Tap the shoulder <laughs> before we could just drop application and carry on with our day, but now I think it's going to right a little bit more nudging of the shoulder. Correct. Agree. Okay. Agree. So I got another question for you. So I also noticed this, especially okay. in my line of work is that we've had a mass migration of retirees because of COVID. Mm-hmm. 
and there's gonna I I I I am hesitant to say this, but there will be openings there. Now I'm not guaranteed that people are gonna hire, because um, okay. for the most part, from what I from what I think is, the people that that are retiring have been there for so long, and that salary mm-hmm. that they were paying out to these people, uh, was so large that it's almost like you're unbuttoning your belt after you just uh uh had like a Thanksgiving Day meal, you could find like, oh God, I can excel and Mrs. has more budget. <laughs> We're not paying Karen six figures anymore. You know what I'm saying? Is that a reality across other platforms as well? Because I get excited when well, I hear about yes. people retiring because of opportunity, but that I don't think that necessarily means that's opportunity. Uh, agreed. So what, what will happen in some cases is Maybe this one person had all the knowledge, mm-hmm. um, and they might just break up that position into several positions, and that same salary kind of will equate to <laughs> right, paying three people. Right. You know, yeah, to so kind of be more and make things more efficient. But you're right; there is um, an exodus of people who it's just you know they are going to retire because it's one more year or a couple more years, and it's like, well, you know. <laughs> Let me volunteer myself versus getting maybe someone younger getting laid off, you know, just in a different position. Um, But I agree, like, you're right, it doesn't always necessarily mean just because, like, the oldest person who's getting paid the most, he gets bumped out. They could just have already maybe internally been looking or even outside Mm. finding somebody just to replace them just because they need someone with that amount of knowledge and experience kind of ready to to kind of keep the momentum going right. of that say, department. And so to sit there and say, okay, we're going to have to train somebody new or bring somebody up to speed. You know, they might not have the internal um, candidate. Gotcha. I would hope they would if the company and culture promote, you know, promotion, promoting from within and, you know, grooming the next in line, yeah. you know, but, but, but that's always, that's kind of, you know, there's mixed, uh, mixed views on that, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> on the culture. Yeah. So for some, so mm-hmm. like I do have some listeners that are at that turn in their career where, all right, man, we can see the finish line on the horizon. Um, you don't have to necessarily go into too much detail because I definitely want those people to come and talk to you. But what are some things? Because at retirement, that's another chapter in life. Like you're not dead, you know. Uh, you, you should be preparing. What are some things to consider? I mean, I know one. I know one is to remember that all these benefits you're getting, they stop when you walk out. So, I mean, what are some other, like, mm-hmm. just some quick tips that you give those that are like, all right, I'm getting ready to retire in the next five years. What should I be doing? Uh, I mean, just, you know, make sure you're actually able to retire in five years <laughs> just because that's the retirement age. <laughs> you know, make sure you're in a position uh, to retire. Um, I've seen a mix of both, you know, some who weren't ready to retire, even though they were of retirement age. And there was, in, in some situations, I've seen some organizations just willing to let them stay on and work part-time. Okay. If that's what they, they wanted. Um, but in other cases, um, there, this is, I haven't seen too many, but there are actually some companies that actually geared towards retirees mm. that they just need, need an income. Mm-hmm. And because they have so much experience, that's, like, who they target for employees. Like, hey, do you want just some part-time, um, you know, money? 
right. if you're like bored. Right. Yeah. So, train you. So that that's one less expense. And I would say if they're in a current position where they're in leadership and they have five years, like four to five years left, that maybe they should start thinking of a uh, succession plan. Start doing succession planning, okay. um, so they can prepare. Um, their employees underneath to kind of take over and prepare to handle the workload. Gotcha. And, you know, when they leave, I think that's important that's is the succession planning. That is very responsible. Mm-hmm. When I was in the military, we didn't, our leaders didn't have succession planning, to be honest with you. They kind of left and mm-hmm. we were like all in disarray. Like we're finding skeletons in closet. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> we didn't know oh, this boy. was we're behind. We're months behind in this bill. So, you know, I, I definitely, definitely suggest that if you are of leadership, <clears throat> James, if you're listening, uh, make sure that you uh, leave a nice succession <laughs> plan, a contingency plan, or like a manual, so mm-hmm. you can pass the, the potential yeah. on to to the person taking over. So we won't be in disarray and and, and probably be if you mm-hmm. if you did decide to come back and visit us, we won't be looking at you with the side eye like mm, here comes James. Exactly. While he's gone, <laughs> I'm just messing right. with you, James. <laughs> All right. So we talked about. Candidates trying to get a job. We talked about people uh, departing the job for the next greener, going to greener pastures. Now, I want to talk about the people that are in the job. I mean, from the election mm. and and the 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 vulnerability and the scars that uh, that we have seen in America right now, because it's been showed more than mm-hmm. ever in 2020. I, I, I continue okay. to echo what happens outside of the workplace does impact the workplace, and what has happened since the election has had some trim and 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 months before what we've seen in the media mm-hmm. has impacted us so much that i think that when we come back i sense and even while it was happening while i was working distance but i know when we come back into the room i think there'll still be some emotional rawness in the room like well where do we go from mm-hmm. here uh, you know we have a black person here how should we treat this black person or we have uh you know a hispanic person here how should we treat you know what i mean so I, I, you wrote a right. book about it, and I was able to read it. And I, I really, really appreciate it. But can you tell the people more about this book and what what what, what promoted you to like? You know, what? I'm going to write a book about this. <laughs> so, okay, so basically, I was actually approached by um, my mentor to write a book, um, oh, and mind you, we didn't know what the book. She has a mentor. Yeah, so. Yeah. Everybody should always have a mentor, someone <laughs> to help kind of even guide them professionally and personally. I think you should have a mentor. But um, he said we need we should write a book about uh, racism in this country and actions people can take mm-hmm. to you know eradicate racism, how to be anti-racist in essence. And but we didn't want to just start by saying, okay, this is how you go be anti-racist without kind of laying out the background as to why we are where we're at today because it's, we didn't want it to just be okay go do this is this this is anti-racist action you know but you have to understand like why we are where we are today mm. so we talked about history the lost cause narrative um we talked about um getting into you know systemic racism does exist even in 2020 <laughs> Um, and we, and, and, and now in 2021, and we, we went into breaking down white privilege, um, defining, uh, 
anti-racist actions organizations can take, individuals can take, and we provided many resources. And um, the name of the book is It's Not About You, So Please Understand, the social textbook to understanding concepts related to racism and people of color. And it's only 53 pages. It's <laughs> very short. Yep, um, and so it's a very quick read. And for that reason is because we didn't want a lot of people to be caught up in, you know, get caught up in their feelings. Or It's really supposed to be an objective view of like, okay, this is why we are. And there's some personal stories in there, but more or less to show that that this isn't made up between generations because obviously my mentor being in his 60s and I'm in my 30s. It's to show that we still are having the same experiences. So to say that, well, there's been some progress, not enough to remove, you know, the, the that experience even for someone 30 years um, younger than him. So... <laughs> I mean, it, so. you, you're right. It, I mean, even I hear people our age, uh, just their thought process mm-hmm. and their theories, and it's like it's so deeply rooted in hate. Yeah. Uh, it's so deeply rooted mm-hmm. in racism. And they try to make light of it. Well, it's not really that, that bad. I'm like, yes, it is. You know, I mean, it's, I mean yes. here's an example. I was talking <laughs> to one of my friends, and I caught him because every time we talk, we talk, we talk a lot of sports. And every time a black athlete gets in trouble or gets caught up in something that we don't like, their perception Mm -hmm. and their uh, uh, remedy to resolve that issue with said black player is pretty harsh. But then when a white player does something as heinous, if not more heinous, it's it's not talked about. You know, and I called them out on it. I'm like, I just find it really funny how... You don't miss a beat when a black athlete does something. But just recently, this white football player for, I think, the Seattle Seahawks literally bludgeoned his significant other. And we all go radio sound. Mm-hmm. We all go radio sound. Uh, Antonio Brown will cuss out the mover at his house, and it's all over, and we want to talk about canceling him and ruining his life. Now, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I hold accountable across the board. So call, I call it equality. The same attention that we give Antonio Brown needs to give it to this player for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think they've already dealt with him, but I, as outside of the law of it all, uh, just in normal dialogue, the fact that you hold this person because of they, their look at a higher standard than you do anybody else, I think that's a problem. And that can also be married into other situations in life, which... In all, all intents and purposes, I actually questioned. I'm like, damn, should I really be his friend? Because, you know, uh, being his mm-hmm. friend, like, I got to jump this high where his other buddy who looks like him doesn't need to jump at all. So right. sometimes it's un- they're, maybe they're unaware of it. Uh, they, they were they seemed right. pretty shocked when I said that. They went in a full defense mm-hmm. mode. And I'm like, that's not, it's not, it's, yeah. you got to go back to intent versus impact. Maybe you didn't intend to, but the impact that you left me is is i'm in a state of bewilderment and confusion and i'm questioning the state of our relationship right now if this is what it is yeah it's not about you so please understand and i think that's the the whole purpose of the dialogue we want with our book is that people really need to look at things more objectively that you know maybe they just it could come from a place they just don't know and then as we sit there and try to educate it's like don't get defensive you know what i mean you're the the most. I guess I would say the 
the best reaction would be, oh, really? Let me let me hear what you have to say because maybe I didn't, you know, I didn't realize. And just being open right. to hearing and receiving the feedback, right. you know, that right. you're wrong. And, and, and guys, folks that are listening, you got to get this book. Um, for those that, you know, know the, if you are a person of color and you feel these struggles, I definitely, again, recommend this book. Um, it'll educate you on some stuff. Uh, it'll probably help. Uh, uh, um, it'll confirm what you're believing. And for those that who are not people of color and you're trying to understand and you're trying to uh, create an environment in the workplace that's harmonious and everybody gets along and everybody is moving in a rhythmic motion where we care about each other and support each other. You got to get this book. Holly, please tell the people where they can grab your book. You can grab our book on Amazon. It's available in Kindle and paperback. You can grab it on Apple Books in the e-reader version, and you can grab it off my website, a digital copy, at www.hollynoon.com. Sweet, sweet. Well, folks, you heard it live. Holly, thank you so much for coming back. I'm going to have to bring you back to the break room one more time now. We always have good talks. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. Well, Holly, you have a wonderful day. And everybody else, you guys know my, my slogan, a better you, a better me, makes us a better we. I'll catch you next Tuesday, folks. Be safe. Peace.